Honorary Chicas, it's your girl Abigail Amengual coming at you real, unfiltered, and raw. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see. Why are you teasing me? Like, no, what? I, whoa. <laughs> what, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. I've never seen so many penises in my life. And just because I met you today doesn't mean that two Wait days later, minute. I'm going to say, hey, everyone, forget you. Karma's a bitch. Mm. This is the Chica's Project Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Chica's Project Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Amengual. I'm so excited to be back. I know we took a long break, a long hiatus. We're back at Rec Productions here in Titten Falls, New Jersey. And I'm really excited to be back. I missed you guys. I know you guys missed the podcast. And we're here today with a wife, a mother, and now an author, Amanda DeChico. She's here to talk about her new book, The Hero Within. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? It's good to have you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to sit with you. So Amanda, um, The Hero Within um, is a, a, a story about the passing of your firstborn, Jaden. Um, let's start at the beginning. You um, got pregnant at 17. Yes. What so was your um, reaction the first time you found out you were pregnant? So uh, being a teen mom, of course, is very scary. I was very nervous to tell my parents. But not only that, I was like disappointed uh, in myself. And I was also embarrassed to go to school. You know, um, the teachers look at you and they're like, the first thing I, I would, I said to myself was, the teachers are going to look at my parents like, what did the parents allow? this girl to do you know so I was more worried about the teachers looking at my parents judging the their your parents for your right. decision I think what people team seem to forget we know now that we're in, we're in our 30s that it's not really our parents at 16 and 17 right. we think we know everything mm -hmm. and, and we that think was me you didn't think I'll never get pregnant right until right so um what year were you in when you found out um it was 2008 uh, seven. You're okay. You're seen. You were mm -hmm. okay. So, um, so you had a baby. Mm -hmm. Tell us like the first, you know, 17 with a new baby. How was that? It the was first couple years. hard. I mean, trying to finish high school, um, and also working part-time, it was very hard. Um, the good thing about it is I had my parents ask support. They were very supportive. Mm -hmm. So I had, um, I had all hands on deck, which was amazing and a blessing at the same time. Um, but my motive was to prove everyone in the family, all of my friends, teachers that thought that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Like that was my motive. Like I needed to make it known, like I can do it and I will do it. A lot of people drop out and get their GEDs mm -hmm. instead of their diploma. Why didn't you just get your GED? There was many times I, I thought about just taking that route and I was mm -hmm. like, it would be so much easier. I can stay at home with my baby and just get my GED. But I knew that I deserved more and I knew that I deserved my diploma. Yeah. So how did it feel when you walked across the stage and he was there? Oh my God. I, I was hysterical. I was like, I just kept looking at him and I'm like, oh my God, I deserve this. Like I was so proud of myself, but I knew like he was too young to be proud of me. But I'm like, when later on he'll look back and say like, my mom did it, you know? Mm. So, um, it was it was very like emotional for me. Oh, so Jaden, um, at the age of six, mm -hmm. he was uh, diagnosed right 
with uh, a type of cancer? Yes, he was diagnosed with DIPG, which is called a diffuse intense pontine glioma. It's a glioma that's in the brain stem of the it's in the stem, the brain stem of the brain. So it's inoperable because it's near all the five modems. Mm. So um, okay. it's one of the most deadliest tumors that um, kids get. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you suspect something was wrong before the diagnosis? Um, I, I noticed that he was like starting to slur his words. And I've always been in the medical field. So when I started noticing like he was slurring his words and um, he was like limping a little bit and like dragging his feet. I, I, I realized that there was like um, numbness on the left side of his body. And then um, I happened to be working at a pediatrician at that time. So I brought him into work with me and I had a very close relationship uh, with my with my boss. And she was like, bring him in. Let me check him out. Mm -hmm. And when I brought him in, she was like, something isn't right, Amanda. And she like she said, you know, these symptoms lean more towards like a glioma. And I was like so mad at her. I'm like, how dare you insinuate like I was you know, in denial. You yeah, you were in denial. Of course, it's your yeah. baby. So I was like, how dare you say something like that? Are you kidding me? And she's like, no, this this is very alarming. So at six, I'm sure he was already writing maybe a little bit. Yes, he reading. was in the first grade. He was in first grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he definitely was reading, writing. Mm -hmm. So you saw him digressing. Right. Um. So you got the diagnosis officially. Right. So two days later, I, uh, the same day I took him for a CAT scan and two days later, um, we went in for an MRI, and the MRI came back that it was inoperable and it was cancerous. So the doctors uh, gave us um, 12, uh, t 12 months for him to live. What do you, how do you react to that? Well, when they told me, first thing I did was throw up. Like, I threw up. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, he is going to be a miracle. And I somehow, like, thought that Jaden will be a miracle, you know, um, the doctors can say one thing, but I'm like, he is going to be that kid that's on the news in every magazine. He's going to be a miracle. Um, but I try to live by faith. I was like being positive the whole time. And like, I just kept saying, like, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And to be honest, I didn't know how we were going to get through it. But I every day just woke up and I'm like, OK, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. Um, so, um. Wow, it's so early in the episode. Um, so did he know what was going on? I was very honest. I was very transparent with him because uh, all of the symptoms he was having, he, he knew something was wrong with him. He's like, Mom, something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Mm. And I'm like, how can I not be truthful with his own little body? I'm mm -hmm. like, I have to be honest. And he deserved that. So I was very honest with him, and I said, you have a ball in your head. I never used the word tumor, and I, I never used the word cancer mm -hmm. because Jaden thought that only old people get cancer. You know, he's like, older people get cancer. So um, I told him he had a ball in his head, and we had to take care of that ball. And the reason why he was feeling all of these symptoms and the reason why we were in the hospital was because we have to manage the ball that's in his head. And that's how I was very, like, honest with him. Um, so um, what was Jaden's life like before the diagnosis? What was his routine? What was, you know? He was very active in sports. He did uh, football and karate. And he was very active. He was very hyper. 
So we would joke around and we would be like, Jaden is an energizer bunny. Like he just doesn't stop. So he was very active and um, he was involved in sports. So when Jaden could no longer use his hands and his feet and stuff. That was part of the mm -hmm. symptoms that you noticed that you said before. It be it it took a toll over him like he was devastated he was angry because he couldn't use his hands he couldn't walk he couldn't really talk he became very angry how is this a uh, the type of cancer he had is it a rare cancer is yes it? it's rare and it only in um it comes from europe the type of cancer he has and only at that time only like 300 kids worldwide um had that cancer so it, there wasn't a lot of research there wasn't a lot of knowledge on it um it was so new mm. uh, when he was diagnosed um so um Jaden obviously eventually passed 11 months later which right. is around the time frame that doctors gave you excuse me um sorry folks so what was your grieving process like I we both sh- unfortunately know a little mm-hmm. too well about grieving mm-hmm. but um you lost a child which I think is I've witnessed people lose children before but um not this young and I can't imagine but what was your what was your 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 process like once you your you know your ch- your firstborn was no longer with you so um the I in the beginning my grieving process was very tough I was very depressed and I was like in a dark spot like I just kept telling myself that you know if Jaden wasn't here like there was no there was no need for me to live and then I found God and then when I surrendered to God that's when um my pain became I felt like God gave me that peace and that strength that I needed and I knew that there was something I was missing I'm like okay I have my husband here I have a huge support system and I have my son um your second son my second son Zach so I said I have I have so much support and I'm like but I still feel so empty and I still feel so lost and like the pain was just unbearable and then that's when I surrendered to God what was your son Zach because he was four Mm -hmm. when Jaden was diagnosed yes so they were obviously um what two years apart yes so they grew up together played together what was his reaction to his brother's passing? Did um, he understand? He was confused. So one minute, um, he was understanding, okay, mm-hmm. Jaden's not here. He went to heaven. The next day, he would ask my husband and I, when is Jaden coming home? Well, how many more days till Jaden comes back? But I think he was so confused because Jaden was in and out of the hospital. So there was times that we were in the hospital for a week, two weeks, and then we would come home. So I think he was just so confused mm. as to when Jaden was really coming home that this time he wasn't coming home. So he kept asking, how many more days? I'm going to say, no, he's not coming home. He went with God in heaven. Um, so it, it, was a, it was a transition for him. We put him in therapy to help him cope with his yeah. feelings. And um, I think the therapy was what, is what help his, helped him cope with with the loss of his brother how do you um how do you i can't even put it into words how do you wake up every day how did you wake up every day 
you still had to take, Zach was four. Mm-hmm. You had to keep, you had to wake up every day. Like the, your son passed the next day, you had to wake up and take care of a four-year-old. How is that even a possibility? It was so hard. You know, like, I feel like Zach, I have a very strong connection with Zach. And I feel like the reason why my sh- my connection is so strong with him is because he pushed me every day. You know, don't cry, mommy. Everything's going to be okay. We're okay. So when you see that a four-year-old has that strength, mm-hmm. you're like, if that four-year-old can have that strength and make me get up every day and tell me, it's okay, mommy, it's a new day. Like that gave me so much strength. Yeah. So I always say my bond with Zach is unbreakable because he literally lifted me out of that dark spot that I was in. Wow. So let's talk about, um, so Jaden passed what year? Jaden passed in 2015. 2015, so about eight years? Yes. So, um, what inspired you to write this book now? So the book is called The Hero Within. Yes. Do you want to like explain the title? Yes. So uh, the reason why I called it The Hero Within is because I felt like since I've been 17, I have been fighting like these obstacles and battles in my life and struggles. And um, I look at myself and I'm like, you're a hero. You know, you there's 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 times that I face things and I'm like, I can't get through this. I can't through, get through this. But then when I look back, I'm like, wow, I'm my own hero. Like I've been through so much. Like I became a mom at 17. I worked full time at 17, went to school full time and um, managed to take care of my, my, my child. And then, you know, I, I tell myself like, I, I took care of a sick child. Like how can a mom take care of her sick child say her goodbyes, also manage to keep her household afloat with being a wife and being a mom. So like I look at myself and I'm like, wow, like I am my own hero. So when I was thinking of a title for my book, my husband looked at me and he's like, babe, that's easy. And I'm like, how? And he's like, you're a hero. And I'm like, you're right. The hero within, you know, so, so you're the hero yeah, within. I'm the hero within. So when when did you start writing this book? I started writing it when Jaden was sick and uh, in chemo. When we would go to chemo every single day, I started off as like a little journal. What I was feeling every day, I was like, let me write this down. Let me put this in paper, ask how I'm feeling for the day. And then it wasn't until Jaden passed away that I was like, I need to make this into a book. And and that's when I made it into a book when Jaden passed away. You didn't publish it until? I didn't publish it until now. And the reason is because when Jaden passed away, I was in such a dark place and I wasn't fully healed. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, I, you know, I started seeking therapy and I started working um, with uh, end of life. Mm-hmm. And um, it just motivated me and it encouraged me and it pushed me to finish my book and rewrite my story. Because the person I am now to the person I was went seven years ago when I was grieving um, is a it's a total different grief. So I'm like, I need to give them the new me that the healed me, you know? So this book, this book has pages that you wrote when you were going through it and pages from what you, your experience presently. Yes. So it's kind of like a timeline, right? The beginning of the whole book is a timeline is Jaden's illness, sickness, Mm -hmm. what you were going through at that present time. And then how you are now. Yes. What is your purpose uh, or what do you want to, what do you want to, what is your purpose of the, sh- the book? What would you like to accomplish with this book? Um, it's really to touch the lives of the families whose children or loved one is battling cancer because uh, cancer is such a ugly diagnosis and it's, it hurts really hard. It hurts so much. Like the families really all get it. Like 
they don't, but they do because mm-hmm. when one is affected, it's like the whole family's affected. So it's really to touch the lives of those who were affected by cancer and to just really help the young moms, teen moms, you know, that their children are born with autism, Down syndrome. You know, there's always a parent out there that is going through something similar to what I went through. So I want to be that voice and that shoulder for them to to lean on when they're going through what they're going through with their child. So what do you say to parents that, um, because you already had a second child. Right. What do you say to parents that maybe lost their child and had, they hadn't had any more children yet? That was their only child. Um, a lot of parents feel guilty after their child passes, if they had no other children at the time, of having another one. They feel like they're replacing them. Mm-hmm. You found something out eight weeks after Jaden's passing. Right. Do you want to share? Yes. So eight weeks after Jaden's passing, I found out that I was uh, expecting. Um, so uh, it was completely out of left field. We weren't expecting that. So I found out I was expecting um, who's now my daughter, Ava. Um, but it's so funny because on Jaden's Make-A-Wish trip, I, I asked him, are you so are you happy that your wish came true? Like we're in Disney. And he said, yeah, one more wish. And I said, what's that? He said, I want a sister. And I was joking Stop. with him and it's in the book. And I was joking with him and I said, I'm not having any more babies. <laughs> like, and then he said, mom, I just want a sister. I just want a sister. So I said, okay. So I always told him like, when you get better and like life gets a little bit more, calmer for us like you know we'll try to have another one my husband always used to tease him and say nope factory's closed like no (laughs) so eight weeks later I found out that I was expecting and I was I was did you immediately think it was a girl I did I as soon as as soon as they said I was pregnant I'm like oh my god maybe this is the little girl that Jaden has asked me for like this he sent me a little girl I waited till I was 12 weeks and I did the blood work and sure enough, it was a little girl. So I'm like, wow, you know, God took one, but also gave gave me one. Were you excited? Did you feel sad though? Or was there any? I actually was very excited because I I knew that like Jaden was wishing for this. Like he was definitely behind this. This is what he was praying for. So I I, I knew that this was from Jaden. That's, oh, that's I can't believe that it's mm-hmm. a, I am getting goosebumps the fact mm-hmm. that he that's exactly what he wished for so do you does Ava know Jaden she does I keep his memory alive we go to the cemetery every night before bed we do a daily our nightly prayers and we say good night Jaden I love you um, she has pictures of him around her room we have it around the house so we still celebrate his birthdays we try to keep his memory alive she didn't get to meet him Mm -hmm. so I want her to have that of course she's not going to have the same effect that Zach did but I want her to to know like I do have an older brother he was sick and I'm very open with the kids so my brother passed away from cancer so she she knows all about him and Mm -hmm. his journey and stuff what is something um what is something you could do now if you knew everything now that you back then would you do anything different? Um, no, I feel like I've, I've, I felt like I did everything that I, that I could. And I felt like I handled the situation so well for just being such a young mom and mm-hmm. going through that. Um, I felt like I, I educated myself so much on his diagnosis. And, you know, I looked for God. I went for sec- 
second and third opinions. Like mm-hmm. I did everything I I could. And when I say we were on borrowed time, we literally were on borrowed time. So we were literally enjoying enjoying the last 11 months of his life traveling we went to disney you know um he was obsessed with sushi so we would go to so many different sushi restaurants like i was sushied out (laughs) Uh, we would go to so many different restaurants to try different sushis and stuff and um yeah so we did pretty much everything that we could so what um what else can we accept expect in this book that, um, um, the last the, the last couple of chapters uh, pretty much talk about strength and just finding God and having peace uh, with my story. Uh, it was easy for me to grieve and heal because I turned to God. So I feel like with my with my um, story, it's a little bit different for me because I did look for God and I did uh, decide I decided to give all my worries to God. So I feel like for me it was a little bit more peaceful where I know that it's a little tougher when you try to like take control over the situation and grieve on your own. It's a little bit different. So I decided to surrender to God. And for me, that has helped me tremendously. So, um, and you talk about that in the book. Yes. And then there's a chapter in your book. It's called, I choose you over and over again. Yes. What are you, who are you speaking about? My husband, because my husband and I are high school, well, we, gra- uh, we got together right outside of high school. Um, and uh, we were not married at the time that Jaden was diagnosed. Um, so uh, he and I decided that if Jaden was going to be on his final, you know, stages of his life, that we would like to get married and have him present because he was the first man in my life. So I said, we have to get married before he goes because I cannot imagine me walking down that aisle and giving my life to you and becoming one without the first man who, the first man in my life. That's my first love, you know? Of course, your first son. So he, did he, did he give you away? He did. He did. Um, and I, Zach or? Uh, so no, Zach stayed, um, he was with my husband. Okay. Um, he, he actually was our little ring boy. Um, but Jade, my I my my dad walked me down the aisle halfway, and Jaden met my dad halfway, and he took my hand and he handed it to my husband because I'm like, this is the first man in my life, <laughs> you know. I need him to give me away. So he's the one that gave me away. I'm so limping and all. He gave me away. I'm not. Tra- oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's beautiful. <sighs> oh, I need a tissue. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. You're so strong. I can't even imagine, but I'm so, in a way, happy for you that you're able to grieve in such a beautiful way and make your pain into art and, and, write, and writing it out. So many, so many people go through grief they turn to drugs and they turn to alcohol right. and they become angry with God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you question it. Yeah. I know that I've had a few, a few losses in a short amount of time. And of course I, I questioned, especially the last one, I questioned it. Why, you know? Um, and it's such a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're sitting here and you're saying, you know what? Like, yeah, my son passed away, but you know, you move forward, your God, your relationship with God is very strong and it's very notable. 
and that it's you know basically you know you move on and you never forget but you move on and continue to live your life and I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm just a little taken back um so what um what do you do you do you still do research uh events with the yes. cancer foundation yes I'm very involved with the cancer foundation um I also attend like uh galas and on um, fundraising i do the uh team jade and cancer walk every year um i'm very involved with anything that has to do with pediatric cancer mm-hmm. so um when you had when you you know started the pr- the procedures of his when you got the diagnosis did you start treatment because i know you said it was not yes. operable Yes, so we did start treatment. We did 32 rounds of radiation, and we did um, chemotherapy, uh, oral chemotherapy for about two months. He had a really bad uh, reaction to the chemo, so we took a break, um, and then um, Jaden had to get a shunt put in his brain because he was uh, starting to accumulate fluid, um, and that was uh, causing him to have hydrocephalus. So then we... um, the doctors put a shot in his brain and then we started chemo again so it was just a back and forth process for 11 months the last six months were a little bit more calmer um where the first four to five months was very crazy for us um towards the end like did you know because 11 months is a long time and he was during in between the treatments was he able to play was there any days he felt like he could play uh so um he got back to himself around um november to february he was back to himself okay where he was walking still in a limp but he was he he went back to school and um he did hybrid back to school and he was back to himself and then when he was re-diagnosed in February, that's when I knew that, okay. It's, he was re-diagnosed? Yes, he was re-diagnosed in February. Was he in remission before? So he was, uh, they call it remission because he was stable, where he wasn't receiving chemo or radiation. He was still going to the doctors and receiving, like, um, the medications for the symptoms, controlling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were still doing weekly testing, but he wasn't receiving chemo or radiation, so they called it remission. Mm-hmm. So when he was re-diagnosed, that's when it came back aggressively, and that was in February. So that that's what I was leading up to. My next question is, so you know, you knew days before that it was that it was time. Yeah, so when he was re-diagnosed in February, I knew that this time around it was going to, you know, he w- he wasn't going to make it because the MRI showed that it spread to his cerebellum and um, it was aggressive. So the first time it wasn't as aggressive. We caught it in time, but the second time it was bad. Did you have to tell him that? Yeah, I did. He had to, that mm-hmm. he was going to... I did. I I had to tell him. I did not tell him he was going to go to heaven because I'm like, only God knows that. But he did ask me. He said, did the ball come back? And I said, unfortunately, it did. And he said, what does this mean? And I said, this just means we have to keep fighting. And this time we just have to fight a little bit harder. 
And um, he told me, I, I, I don't want any medicine. I don't want, I don't want to go in that machine. He meant radiation. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't want those big pills. He meant chemo pills. He said, I don't want anything. Just leave me. Just And at first I was like, in my head, like, no, like, we're going to fight, you know. But then I took a step back and I'm like, this is his life, you know. And I cannot force him to keep fighting when I knew deep down inside that tumor was not going anywhere. If the tumor was going up in um was operable then I said okay then I would be like okay let's continue to fight but I'm like it's it's unfair for him to do chemo radiation and keep going when the tumor wasn't going anywhere so I respected his wishes and I didn't I didn't give him any more chemo any radiation mm-hmm. I just gave him the steroids to keep him comfortable and and, and control his symptoms so how were those last couple of days with him so he was re-diagnosed in February. March was a little uh, little rocky. April, we left on a Make-A-Wish trip. We left April 7th on a Make-A-Wish trip. We came back April 8th. I'm sorry, April 14th. And when we came back on April 14th, that's when everything just went downhill. That's when he just couldn't handle it anymore. And he woke up and he was like unresponsive on the 14th. So he was like, up but like maybe for 20 minutes and then he would go back to sleep for like six seven hours then he would wake up and go right back to sleep so I already knew then the then I started listening to his chest and I started hearing the fluid build up and I was like okay it's time and it's so crazy because I was like the strongest person in that room and I was like the mom Mm -hmm. and I was like the strongest person in the room I'm like guys it's time And we're all just going to sit here and make a beautiful ending. And they're like looking at me like, you're crazy. And I'm like, we we just have to make a beautiful ending. So um, my family, my in-laws and Jaden's family, we all got together, surrounded that hospital bed. And we just told funny stories and um, jokes and tricks and um, everyone made sure that they went to Jaden and they said, mommy's going to be okay. Zach's going to be okay. You know, his dog brownies. Um, so we just made sure that we all were letting him know, like, everything's going to be okay. Everyone in this room is fine. Mm. So we made it a beautiful ending. Um, uh, do you remember the last thing he said to you? Yeah. So, uh, his last talk to me was in the Make-A-Wish trip. That's when we had our like final talk where he like prepped me and he said to me, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, mom, you're so strong. And I was like, no, you're strong. And I knew what he was trying to have, what conversation he was trying to have with me. And, uh, I kind of was, I wasn't brushing it off, but I was kind of like looking past the conversation because I knew he was. You didn't want to have it. Right. I didn't want to have, I wasn't ready to have it. No, who would, I'm not, I'm not ready to listen, hear it right now. And he said, mom, you're so strong. And I said, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I said, no, you're strong. And he said, mom, thank you. And I said, for what? And he said, you never get mad. You never get frustrated taking care of me. And I know it's hard. And I said, why would I get frustrated? Why would I get upset? He said, because I know it's hard taking care of me. And I said, that's okay. You're my son. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then he said, when we get back home, you're not going to give me medicine. And I knew what he meant. 
And I said, I won't give you any medicine. He said, I don't want any medicine, mom. And I said, okay, I won't give it to you. And then he said, you're so strong. And he just kept touching my face. And I kept saying, you're strong too. You're strong too. And he kept saying, thank you, mommy. Thank you. And I kept saying, you're welcome. Stop thanking me. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm your mom. Yeah. Like, you don't thank me for taking care Isn't of you. Isn't it weird how sometimes children can sense and they want to take care of us as adults? And then he said to me, are you going to sleep tonight? And I said, why? He said, because I hear you crying at nighttime. And when he told me that, my heart just sunk. And I was like, he's hearing me at nighttime. And that's because I never wanted to show him my tears or my fear. So like, I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm going to sleep tonight. He's like, please, mommy, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I said, I will that night. I cried myself to sleep and my husband was holding me and I was like, I'm not ready to say goodbye. And he's like, you don't, you're not going to have to say goodbye. And I'm like, I know that he's trying to tell me that he's leaving me. And my husband always told me, don't think like that Think positive. And I'm like, right. But at some point in time, we have to face real realization. And I know that it's time. Yeah. Um, what, what is your message to parents that are right now going through it, right now have a sick, sick child. And um, do not lose patience because one day they're going to look back and they're going to be so proud of how much patience they had with their sick child. And believe me, it's hard to take care of a sick child. It's very hard. Um, and we, we tend to lose our patience. So just don't lose patience because in the end, they're going to be so proud of themselves for how much patience they had and don't lose faith and just can hold on to God connect with a therapist you know look for help you know I always say that don't do it alone don't do it alone just look and have have your family you know reach out for help and support it's there wow um, um Amanda I am so moved and so touched by your story Aww. Thank you so much for sharing and um, thank you for having me. It was such a beautiful story and I'm, I can't wait to read this and um, connect with Jaden in a way. Um, for anyone listening, uh, please uh, reach out to Amanda DeChico and do you want to give them your Instagram? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Amanda Journey, Amanda's Journey. Um, underscore X. So you can find me on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, and you can look up Amanda DeChico or you can find me under Amanda's Journey. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone. It's been another episode of the Chica's Project podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and we are on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Pandora, SoundCloud. We'll see you soon.